0: Yeah. It's not difficult for me to say I love you It wouldn't be difficult if you would say the same And believe me when I tell you that I know you very well I know you'd like to know my name I think that I have met you somewhere in my dream. I mean that I have met you at all And I know you must be thinking, what a silly girl! I know you ever thought and scheme. I wake up to the feeling each morning. I go to bed to it at night. I know you. I love you.
1: And that was, of course, Julie Andrews (laughs) singing, "I know you. I love you." (laughs) From the seminal musical, (laughs) I Wake Up to This Feeling Every Morning by Rodgers and And Hammerstein. Hammerstein. What a classic. I knew you were
0: going to say Rodgers and Hammerstein. What a classic.
1: I mean, just a real, just an old school show tune classic. I want
0: to thank you for giving me the gift of not saying Andrew Lloyd (laughs) Webber in your joke. Because I hate him. But, I mean, I don't hate him as a person. Right.
1: I mean, you kind of do. He has that wig. He (laughs) wears a lot of makeup. It's all very weird.
0: (sighs) His eyes... Anyways, um, that was the number one played song, according to Spotify, on my Spotify <laughs> oh, on
1: for twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, okay, I love it.
0: It was Shaka Khan. I, I what was it called? <laughs> the number one song. It was I know you, I live you. Great. I know you, I live you. Hi, sister Twain. Oh, oh hi, brother Coffee. How are you? I wasn't talking about the song, but that's okay. You guys, Shaka Khan's the greatest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I support that she's got those legs she's
0: she's she's black
1: (laughs) we love black people um anyway this welcome to hot drinks thanks what is what is hot drinks
0: uh, thanks for welcoming me well so there's this thing imagine if you didn't have eyeballs okay and there was a movie playing okay it's like that
1: Oh, it's a PCAST, as, as we, as some of our friends like to call our
0: it. Our friends, and by
1: our friends, I mean Nick Offerman and, uh, and- Megan Mullally, who started their own podcast <laughs> this week. We always call ours the Pod; mm-hmm. they call theirs the PCAST, the PCast. which I kind of like better.
0: And I think that um, neither of us are like Nick Offerman, but we're both so much like Megan Mullally.
1: And in the and and one of the ways that we are like Megan Mullally is, I want Nick Offerman to hold my throat. <laughs> <laughs> as he pins me down, and as he tells me what a piece of shit I am, and spits in my face.
0: We need to put a uh, trigger warning on this episode. Trigger warning. Yeah.
1: Um, so, we might have some new gentle listeners. <gasps> Why do you sing a song, Sister Twain? What is this? Is this a musical podcast?
0: It's not. I mean, it turns into that when my organically when my right. organs so tell me.
1: Why do you sing a song? To so start here's the, the thing.
0: So okay. So when we started this, we were a few episodes in, and we were like, "Oh man, I wish we had like a a theme song. If
1: and- only we had a fan who was a a songwriter, <laughs> Maggie
0: Gyllenhaal. <laughs> um and we would, then, you know, we would start each episode with, oh, geez, I wish we had a theme song. Right. And then um, I just started singing.
1: Yeah. And so that's what we do now. And
0: I think maybe the one, of, I think maybe the first song, and I'm going to go back and listen as a fun project. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first song that we did was uh, Proud Mary.
1: Was it? Tina and I Ike's you're right. version. Did it have something to do with the theme of that episode? Yeah. One ch- of the gentlesters can tell
0: us? We changed the words a little bit. And then after that, I was like, I'm just going to sing. It was sing just songs. karaoke night for Yeah. You yeah. Over
1: me, so. Well, so I'm Brother Jack Coffey. This I'm, is Sister Jack Coffey. I'm a professional,
0: professional singer.
1: And this is Hot Drinks. <laughs> it's a podcast or a PCast or a pod, whatever you want to call it. Yeah.
0: We, we uh, talk
1: about Mormons. We uh-huh. talk about
0: being ex Mormon.
1: We talk about postmos, kermos, progmos.
0: We talk about, <laughs> about post marriage, ker marriage. Prog marriage. We
1: talk about moms, meaning our own mothers, and also moms mixed orientation <laughs> marriages. Orientation marriages. Because we were both in we one both of those. We were both in one. Not to the, not to each other.
0: No, dear. You god.
1: were of the regular orientation. I was of the mixed up orientation. Just kidding. Uh, They're uh, both uh, regular.
0: I, I, oh my god! I was like, what's what, what's happening? So
1: anyway, that's our podcast. Yeah. And that's what we talk
0: about. And we're both forty-four. You're forty-two.
1: I'm forty-two. God Sorry, damn it. <laughs> I'm kidding. forty-four. I don't, but whatever, you guys, I, don't care. I
0: look fantastic, and you my pussy do look great. is great, tight. But you don't Super. know that from personal no, experience. No, I don't,
1: and I never want to know that <laughs> from personal experience. I know that from you telling it to me once every seven to ten business days, but I don't know it from personal experience. So one thing we like to do at the beginning of each of each pod, of each PCAST, yeah. is uh, we like to cover some women's work, Kay. which is our housekeeping. Right. So what do we have for housekeeping this we week? We used to
0: call it housekeeping, but then we're like, let's be real.
1: It's, it's women's, women's work, work. So yeah. yeah. So what? Um,
0: so, I took my Zoloft right before we started. So, there's the first item of business. Great.
1: Great. Um, I took all of my depression meds this morning like a good person. Do, how many my depression, do you have? Well, I take two pills for my mental health. And I take one pill for my cholesterol. Because I'm going to die of a heart attack, my doctor tells me.
0: Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, fingers crossed. From his lips to I mean, God's he, ears.
0: He, I remember you talking about that. He was yeah. real disappointed was the last time he off. saw you. He was pissed
1: Yeah. Um, and <laughs> when...
0: And it just so happens that tonight we're drinking spike, spiked eggnog. Right, which is great
1: for your heart. Good thing
0: you've got those meds. Uh, what What other women's work? Oh, I had a um, a performance of A Brief Waltz tonight. Oh, yes. A Brief Waltz in a Little Room, which is a immersive theater piece that's happening at Urban Arts Gallery. Written by Cindy, a.k.a. Morag Shepard, who right. is who a friend of mine um, who used to be a BYU acting professor of mine. And now and sh- she's left the church and everything. She's about mm, 11 years older than me. Um, and you know her as well. I do. Um, she said, you know, I have so much respect for her. Speaking of Morag slash Cindy. Mm-hmm. She has got to be the most, not just prolific writer. As far as playwrights in the area, but she's putting out work constantly, yeah. producing work. She's the
1: most produced playwright she, in Utah, for sure.
0: And, and, then, and then she's got her own theater company that right. she runs with right. um, a colleague, and they're putting out stuff right and left. Right. It's, we it's love quite you, an honor to yeah. know her.
1: She's, a, she's an amazing person.
0: She told me last night, here's another item of business that at least six to eight times since we've been friends she's told me a personal deep story and I've just been like okay cool and changed the subject to me yeah (laughs) I'm so sorry
1: (laughs) listen we've all been there actually I don't know if I have but do
0: you have any women's work
1: well you have another women's work what are we doing next Saturday you were supposed to cover that
0: oh yeah okay is it next Saturday
1: yes god damn it isn't it what's today oh no maybe it's like in two Saturdays because well, today's like the 7th. It's on the 20th.
0: Okay, so yeah. Okay.
1: yeah oh, so it's in two Saturdays. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 13 days, in 13 yes. days. 13 a great number. That's how many years I was married. Um, we are having a hot drinks holiday party called, what is it called? A Very
1: Dolly Christmas. Or just
0: a Dolly Christmas. Oh, okay, a Dolly yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I didn't put very on the, oh, I'm on sorry. the e- E-vite.
1: Are we fighting now?
0: God damn it. Um, and by Dolly Christmas, what we mean is we've decided that Dolly Parton is the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, CJ and Kendrick is our Lord and Savior. Right.
1: Who's God the Father? We don't even know yet. Or we hate the patriarchy, so we don't need a God the Father.
0: We're going to choose a Heavenly Mother.
1: We need a Lord and Savior, and we need a Holy Ghost. Right. And Dolly whispers in her ear.
0: She's, she's everywhere. Oh, she is. Yeah. Um, we're going to listen to Dolly Christmas music all night. I am going to procure a microphone and sing songs and tell stories.
1: <laughs> Sister Twain really wants this night to be about her. She's like, where can I find a microphone? Because at the party, I want to sing songs and tell stories. And I want to sit in the corner and hold and tamp down my anxiety. So that's what I'll be doing.
0: At least you got a thumb to suck on.
1: I did. Okay.
0: <laughs> you know, like a baby. I, I know. Not a sexual thing. Unless okay. you want it to
1: be. Um, also in women's work. <laughs> so if you want to come to that party, let us know.
0: You should respond. Oh, yeah. In our Instagram, which is hotdranks with an A, there is a link in our bio for um, Eventbrite. Eventbrite invitation where you can RSVP. Oh,
1: I didn't know we had an Eventbrite. We're so fancy. Don't mess with me. Okay. Um, Don't and even then- front A friendly reminder that we give each week is if you want to support the podcast, we have a Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash hotdrinks. If you've been meaning to donate, go right now and donate. Yes. Stop the pod and just go in right now. And basically what the Patreon is is you sign up to give us a small amount of money each month to help us produce the podcast mm-hmm. and then you get special bonuses like extra episodes or vlogs or
0: newsletters or newsletters or gifts. or
1: gifts in the mail. We have a really cool gift this month and I don't want to spoil what it is, but it is our sponsor it is from our sponsor this month who we will be talking about next week. Assuming we mail the gifts out this week,
0: right? You guys, and
1: we don't. Cindy doesn't do any of this shit. You'd think Cindy <laughs> would be in charge of mailing this because she's like our assistant.
0: Apparently, she's busy with other things. She's
1: busy writing the play.
0: But like sometimes the sponsor might be my pelvic region because you might get some of my pubes. Oh God! Well, you're the one who made that up. You're the one who had that in the idea several I months said that. ago. Do you hear the, how high my voice is right now? Listen, I just
1: want people to <laughs> sign up. I don't want them to think if I sign up for this, I'm going to get pubes in the mail. But I guess I did make that joke. Yeah, you no, did. Okay. I'm sorry. Jesus I
0: Christ, we'll braid them at least.
1: Um, another segment we like to cover at the opening is how's Sister Volva? That's your sister. How is Sister Volva? So Vulva? here's
0: the thing I'm really embarrassed, but more so I feel uh, Mormon shame and guilt. Right. Um. She. So if you are of the. Oh god damn it. Whichever not the highest kingdom.
1: The people that get the vlog, whatever they The people they are, that get
0: the vlog on the, Patreon, on the Patreon. Yeah. You saw Sister Volva telling the most epic hilarious story about the guy who can't go down unless he's in love. Right. Well, apparently It's a children's
1: fable. My grandma used to tell that to us when we got- were
0: kids. <laughs> Your German grandmother. My German grandma. Anyway, um apparently that interaction with that dude has continued and gotten a lot better. And I have some Marco Polos of hers to watch that are three to four weeks old. And I am a piece of shit because I have not watched them. And here's why I don't know the reason, but Marco Polo gives me such massive anxiety. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You click play and you see that like the line is barely moving and Uh, you know, it's going to be 45 minutes long. And
0: it's like always a great story. And it's, and it's, and it's like you feel connected to that person for listening. I don't. I don't. I don't want to pick it apart. I have no idea why, but it, and it's my goddamn sister, and I haven't listened, so I don't have a vulva update. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, here's what I would recommend, if Uh-oh. I may. Oh. I know you weren't asking for advice. Oh. But what I love to do when I listen to long Marco polos is. Put headphones in and listen to it, like, while you're folding the laundry or while you're loading the dishwasher or while you're sweeping the floor. Like, something that is kind of a mindless task. And yeah. you could just, you don't have to sit and stare at your phone. You can set your phone on the counter. You've got your headphones in. I mean, I assume you have Bluetooth headphones, right? What are we, poor people? I don't. <laughs> um, or you put your phone in yes. your pocket if you have regular headphones. Yeah. And you just listen while you do other tasks. Okay. That makes that, it easier. That
0: just means I have to choose my sister over Rupert Everett in The Man in the High Castle. Is that,
1: oh, because you're listening to that?
0: I'm, I'm watching it. I like hold it as I sweep the floor. I hold my phone and watch it as <laughs> I sweep the floor. Seems complicated. It's worth it.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Rupert Everett um, in a Nazi uniform? Oh my God.
1: Is that hot?
0: Well, it's a uniform.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Anyways. With that note, <laughs> let's take a little break. Uh-huh. Do you want to, do you want to. Tell what our top five is. We're doing a top five this week, just in so case you're wondering. So this
0: was inspired by, okay, when, when we had our mock therapy session. <laughs> right. And one day it will be, we will have a real one with Philip Seymour Hoffman right. whenever she comes back to town. Um,
1: with me. This was the mock therapy right. session three or four episodes ago where Sister Twain asked me questions about the yeah, trauma in and my we, childhood. And, we call, and, and I our... denied that there was trauma in my childhood.
0: <laughs> 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 and it's, it was our second Sharing time episode. Right. Um, but one of the things that uh, has stayed with me and I think about each and every day since then is the look on your face when you really verbalized to me for the first time or the second or third, and I just hadn't listened before because <laughs> apparently I talk about myself. I had verbalized it many times before. <laughs> and you'd be
1: like, anyway, here's the story about a threesome I was
0: in. Um, and you talked about how your coming out was by default and it was not heroic. And anytime someone tells you how brave and courageous you are, it makes your, what did you say, your insides like twist? Or don't your remember. stomach? I blocked drive. that
1: I blo- I blocked that night out you of said, my memory. You just
0: said something like, that literally makes me sick to my stomach.
1: Probably, yeah.
0: And. So i thought got, let's do a top five about things we did that actually, that we really believe were courageous or brave.
1: So Sister Twain texted me this topic while I was at work today. And I was like, okay, great. And I was actually on a break. So I started kind of writing some ideas down. And then I was like, fuck, this is like deep. And then I, and then I texted her and I was like, I'm having a lot of feelings. And she's like, what's happening? And I said... I don't like thinking nice things about myself. <laughs> it's making me incredibly uncomfortable. Because when you think of things that you've done heroic or that are brave, mm-hmm. you, they're like usually good things about yourself. Yeah. And that made me really uncomfortable because I don't like to think nice things about myself.
0: Yeah. But so I mean, I, I gave you lots of rope.
1: You I was, did
0: I, I did I said it could be Something silly Like me admitting That I really hate Andrew Lloyd Webber Is that when you your five? That was brave No it wasn't But it was one of the Braver things I've done As even, a theater person
1: Even Sweeney Todd?
0: That's um, Sondheim
1: we're back
0: all right so
1: so top five
0: things that we feel like we were brave when we did
1: top five times we <laughs> that was you said that so well <laughs> top five times we felt courageous okay uh-huh. hey, what's your number one
0: my numero a
1: <laughs> just doesn't have the same ring as no. numeral yeah um
0: was Kate? so for the gentle listeners who don't know um because maybe they haven't listened to all our episodes right. and like whatever. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um you can jump in anytime. I'm from Louisiana. Right. And um when I was like 9 or 10 or 11. <laughs> and okay.
1: Sometime I, between the age of 9 and 17.
0: <laughs> um I have to preface with this um all but two of my elementary school teachers were black women. Okay. And in fifth grade, I gave my black Southern Baptist teacher a Book of Mormon. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh,
1: God. Okay. Okay.
0: And I was so self congratulatory. I mean, you were
1: like, Oh. You were the What were those things? Remember in the in the enzyme where they would have like those like stories of like little miracles that happened in people's lives they were called like Mormon stories or anyway I don't remember. Are you talking anyway. about Light like the World? No, 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 we hate that no,
0: shit. No, we do. I don't know. But anyway, um so look, I it wasn't lost on me that Mormons were rare in Louisiana. Right. Um and and it's also not lost on me that Okay, no, no, let me go back. As a young girl, it was lost on me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't lost on me. Hold on, let me go back. It was (laughs) lost on me.
0: The very deeply rooted Southern Baptist culture um, that these women came from. Right. Um, Whether they, you know, believed or not. And, you know, in Louisiana, you, you... it's kind of not okay to say you're an atheist.
1: Right. It was a cultural thing as much as a spiritual sure. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And there I was, this white bitch. <laughs> this thinking,
1: redheaded white believing, bitch. Believing. tasty white skin.
0: Believing... The words of Brigham Young that Mormons are a peculiar people. Did
1: someone put you up to this? Like, do you, was it like a lesson in Sunday school where someone was like, "You should all find someone to share a Book of Mormon"? Oh, of or, course. Or do you think it was just something that you kind of came up with on your own?
0: You know, we were constantly being challenged. Yeah,
1: of course. Challenged. Right. That
0: was like right.
1: Yeah, oh, totally. The
0: word challenge is one of the one of the words. Um, constantly <sighs> being <laughs> challenged to do missionary work. And mean, I was living in fucking Louisiana, right. And so it was a heavy burden on us, and like, I, I, it was probably around that time that I had a Sunday school teacher who said to me, "In the next life, the people that you didn't share the gospel with will come up to you and ask you, "Why didn't you ever tell me?" And that hit me right in this it pierced me into this quick
1: it's so like i remember hearing that same idea too yeah and first of all what a horrible thing to say to a child (laughs) and second of all get the fuck over yourself (laughs) like you like it's just i mean i know that mormons think they're like The gospel shit like they're the they're the coolest and the best of all all, of all the religions in the name
0: of Jesus Christ amen amen
1: yeah but like just to think that people are going to be like why sweet sister exactly why (laughs) why you knew the truth and you didn't tell me why not sweet sister (laughs) fuck you
0: and so I don't know what the impetus was for me to share it with my teacher
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I've blocked a lot of that out. Okay, good, good. But that was pretty ballsy.
1: Do you remember what she said?
0: She was very gracious. Of
1: course, because she's like an elementary school teacher. Yes. And she's probably had have, have kids give her like a cup full of boogers before. <laughs> and she would be like, thank you, Johnny. Go back to your seat."
0: Yeah. Um, but I remember she was probably the most intimidating of all of my teachers. Okay. And so to give it to her, I don't know if it was, like, this subconscious, like, thing in me. Like, if I can give a Book of Mormon to this teacher. To this lady. Yeah. Then I can do anything.
1: What if you found out that she was Mormon now? Wouldn't you be so fucking mad?
0: I would probably <laughs> need to get on a plane and go visit her.
1: <laughs> like, she wouldn't remember You look me. her up on Facebook and she's like, hashtag light the world, bitches. You know, I- <laughs> She's like, today I wrote a positive Yelp review for a restaurant I like. Hashtag light the world.
0: You know, here's the thing. She probably would remember me. So even though this was fifth grade and like in fifth grade. So I was mm, like, 11. Yeah, ten, eleven. 11. Yeah. yeah. And I'm 44 now. So right. So that was 33 years ago. That's
1: a long time Did ago. Did you guys
0: understand that? That was 33 years ago. Fuck yourself. Um, I, we had a project one year or one year, that year, where we had to do a poster drawing the Indian elephant on one side and drawing oh, the African elephant on right. the other and detailing all their differences. And I did a real half-assed job, and she pulled me out into the hall to talk to me privately. And that was when that's where paddlings happened. Right. We got paddled. Right. I never did because I was a good goody-two-shoes. Right. She pulled me out in the hall to say... Ashley,
1: Sister Twain, Sister
0: Twain, Sister Twain, you can do so much better than that. What's going on? And I thought that was really sweet. And you know what? She let me do it over. Mm-hmm. And I'm. I wish I had it. I was really proud of it. And I then wish you I...
1: said, "Here's a book of more. <laughs> anyway,
0: what's well, your number one? So the. While you say it, I'm going to go to the bathroom because I don't really care. I oh just to come about myself. <laughs> okay, kidding. so.
1: It's interesting that I said that I did not think coming out was courageous because apparently like nineteen of the stories I've chosen to tell tonight are about coming out, so there are there were moments of courage we apparently within five. that I know yeah, um, but I also want to say this: it was kind of depressing to 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 reflect back on these moments of courage because it reminded me of like being a new baby gay and I was like so hopeful. excited and hopeful. Um, and I just like the world was my oyster and now you're or butthole as it was. And now oh. I'm a sad alcoholic <laughs> and I have no hope. You have this uh, no hope.
0: podcast. No
1: hope. Yeah, yeah, this podcast is all I have. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So okay. story time. Yeah. So when I was first in the process of coming out, I was um, going to therapy I had a hot gay therapist. Oh, yeah,
0: you wanted him to love you.
1: I did. And that's a whole other Oprah. But I was going to therapy, and I was, you know, working through some stuff and figuring things out. I also was, like, physically active. It sounds weird, but I was, like, jogging. You went to
0: the gym and shit.
1: I jogged a lot.
0: Okay, okay. So,
1: anyway, so I was jogging through a park in Salt Lake. It was summertime, so it was, like, nice weather outside. Uh And I was jogging through this park. And this man was jogging towards me. And I did what I always did, which was avoid eye contact. Mm -hmm. And then in my head, because I was going to therapy at the time, and so I was kind of, like, mentally aware and kind of, like, um, you know, kind of working on growth, I recognized that I had been avoiding eye contact with men my entire life. Mm -hmm. Because when I was in the closet my greatest fear Mm. was that I would make eye contact with a man and he would make eye contact back with me. And then he would, I don't even know, like I would like if he tried to flirt with me or if he tried to talk with me that like somehow I would, that that would somehow like reveal this great secret that I'd been keeping for 37 years that I was gay. And so, so I had trained myself to never Make eye contact with a man because Mm -hmm. of the fear of like what might happen if he spoke to me or made eye contact back or whatever or flirted or I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what I was scared of, but I knew that I was safer if I never made eye contact with men. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember I was jogging in the park. I can see it in my mind, like as clear as day. I was jogging in a park and there was a guy jogging towards me and I pointed my eyes to the ground. And then all this went through my head really quickly like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why do you do this? And I realized why I was doing it and I. And I was like, oh, like, it's okay. Like, I can make eye contact with him now because I'm not keeping a secret anymore. Uh And if he does flirt back or whatever, I mean, hello, we're jogging past each other in the park. No one is flirting with anyone. Right, right. But, like, just in my head, I just thought, oh, like, if he makes eye contact back with me, it's okay because it won't reveal the greatest, deepest, darkest secret I have. Mm -hmm. And so I made eye contact with him. And it felt really brave at and, the time. And
0: that's
1: it? And then that's we, your thing? Yeah, and then we dated for seven you years. You made love? No, we didn't. No, I the never grass. saw him again. But
0: Oh, at, I'm so that's proud. I'm proud of you.
1: At the well, thank you. It was five years ago that's when I fucking, had hope. I don't make I, eye contact I, uh, anymore. <laughs> um, actually that's not true. But it felt in the moment it felt like an incredibly brave yeah. thing to do. Oh. Mine are all gonna be this depressing, just so you know.
0: <laughs> depressing.
1: Let's take a break. Okay. We're back.
0: Hey, it's me, Sister Twain.
1: Hey, it's me, Brother Coffee. <laughs> when Sister Twain sent me this topic, I said, But that seems so positive and so hopeful. Are we losing our edge?
0: And I was just like, Yeah, we yeah. are. This is the beginning of the end.
1: But turns out I told a really fucking depressing story, <laughs> so it's fine. So we're still depressing.
0: All right. Don't worry,
1: I can take any positive topic and make it about how I'm a piece of shit. What's your number two?
0: My numero de. <laughs> You're
1: going to do French on all of is, them? Should uh, I do Italian?
0: Yeah. Okay, I don't remember Italian. You don't remember number one in Italian?
1: Numero uno. <gasps> numero due.
0: Oh my god, I love it when you do Italian. I'll, we'll keep going anyway, Anyways, uh, your uh, anyway way. okay um i i have told gentle listeners the story in person and acted it out for them even but i've never talked about <laughs> sorry <laughs> dropping drop the phone drop i just in the dropped phone. the phone
1: it's fine okay, you okay. guys it's fine we're professionals um
0: so uh yeah i've acted it out in 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 settings for entertainment purposes right um but uh, it's my first threesome. Okay. <laughs> and it makes it sound like, you know, that if I have a first, then I have many. But uh-huh. I have exactly one, two, three. Uh, I've done. I've been involved in, in only three threesomes.
1: Did you know I was in a th- I had a threesome?
0: Yeah, with a oh, married okay. couple.
1: Yeah, with, it was great. Hot. I missed that. That was fun. <laughs> Back when I had hope. Anyway. <laughs>
0: Okay, so. um,
1: We believed Obama could be president. I believed I could have threesomes. Hope. (laughs) Hashtag hope. Anyway.
0: So, okay. I'm not going to say who it was, but that's part of the bravery, but I cannot say who. Fair. But it was a married couple as well. Okay. It wasn't their first time.
1: Really? I don't think I knew that part. Oh, yeah. Okay. They
0: had actually had foursomes.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that just God
0: sounds so goddamn complicated. It's a lot. Anyways, so... Um, I feel
1: like, I mean, I have never been in a multiple sex partner activity with different genders. Okay. But I feel like when everyone's the same gender, uh-huh. it's easier.
0: Oh, I would imagine. I haven't the, had that experience. Yeah, there's
1: just like... Y'all know what bits and bobs to rub. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, exactly. There's not like, there's not, yeah. Anyway. So it, I it's just. It's like think, you
0: have two people speaking Japanese and one pe- person speaking German. Right.
1: Exactly. It's yeah. a little more complicated. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. still get understood. Yeah. 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 Fräulein.
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah. They're really similar but, languages. But when everyone's speaking Japanese,
0: <laughs> easy peasy. Easy peasy. So, um,. There, there is a history with this couple, and it's not a, a romantic or a right. sexual history, just a, a that I have, I had known them for about 20 years.
1: These were not just strangers off the street. Right. This was not perfect strangers.
0: Right. It was not Balke. It was not
1: Balky and Cousin Larry. Yeah.
0: yeah. God damn. Neither of them. Neither of them.
1: You wouldn't have a threesome with Balke and Cousin Larry? Stop
0: it. Stop Stop! You it wouldn't? right now. No. I would. Okay.
1: Okay. Anyway.
0: Wow. Listen to you um okay so uh,
1: gentle listeners please write in and tell us if you'd have a threesome with and <laughs> Cousin Cousin Larry. Larry.
0: so anyways so um they took me to dinner for my 40th birthday uh-huh. and um
1: macaroni grill
0: <laughs> yes was it really yes oh my God. <laughs>
1: And oh, so, my God. And the waiter wrote their name with a crayon on the table upside down. It. Anyway, I'm just sorry. Stop Keep interrupting. It. Go It's ahead. such Keep good going. food. Keep going. So
0: then we went to their place afterwards for gin and honics and to smoke some weed. And, I, and, and, and we get to this point in the evening where we're so fucking gone. Just right. crossfaded as hell. Right. That we're just talking and standing in the center of the kitchen. And then... Um, when I think, when I feel like I am about to fall over,
1: mm-hmm.
0: coupled with there's something going on here, right? Meaning, I think they have a, an idea in their head. Okay, okay. okay. It had not been discussed. Right. i just am picking up on a vibe, and I escape immediately and go, guys, I'm I'm gonna fall over. I've got to go lay down. So I fucking crash, and I don't know how much time went by. It could have been two minutes. It could have been twenty minutes. When I hear the husband, his voice waking me in their living room saying, Sister (laughs) Twain, isn't that so funny? It would be funny Um, if I said that. Would you, let's say the wife's name is uh, Gladys. Gladys. Um, Would you like to come into the bedroom and touch Gladys with me?
1: And you said, I will get on that midnight train to Georgia. Is that a euphemism for lesbian sex? A midnight train to Georgia? How are you... I bet it is. How
0: are you still working a day job? <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> so... You know I'm going back to five. I knew I had... My midnight
1: train to Georgia. You just keep telling. I'm going to sing in the background. Okay.
0: I knew I had a split second to make a decision. Right. And I put on my big curl panties. Right. Meaning I took off my big girl panties. <laughs> Jesus. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I got up off the couch and I just walked down the hall following him toward the bedroom. Taking off an article of clothing at a time as I'm We're walking down the hall. And, <laughs> and Gladys, to Georgia. Gladys is already on the bed. Nakey. it on my midnight train. And I just get on her. We're going back to f-
1: anyway. I, I, it,
0: I had to be brave. I, I can't think of any of. I words. had to make some split second brave choices. Right. Get up off the couch. Right. Well, first say yes. First consent.
1: Consent. Active and enthusiastic. You consent.
0: don't have to say yes and th- to be brave. Sometimes you say no to be brave. That's fair. But in this instance, I kind of was like, why not go for it? I trust these people. Take off your clothes and get on that bitch.
1: I just like to think that in. 20 years when people are writing those books about, like, stories of brave women <laughs> that we read to young girls to teach them about women being brave, <laughs> that this story about you taking the midnight train to Georgia <laughs> will, will be part of the, part of right, that book.
0: Right after my story of giving my elementary school teacher a Book of Mormon. <laughs>
1: it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really inspiring. So
0: good. So mine
1: numero due oh. is really depressing.
0: Of course it is. <laughs> Surprise.
1: <laughs> my number two oh thing I did that was brave. Oh God. Was I found a new home for my dog.
0: <sighs> Here we go. Okay. I don't know if I can, ha- I'm going to walk around. This is really depressing. Oh boy.
1: Okay. So here's the story. So when I got divorced, my kids asked for a dog and I said yes, because I felt guilty. I actually really felt like Maybe this will be good for me. Like, it'll, yeah. I'll go to the dog park. It'll be a good way to meet people. Like, it'll be, I'll have this companion. I thought it would be good for me.
0: That hope was very detrimental.
1: And, and I, so I adopted a dog. And she was a really, really sweet dog. She was so sweet and so loving and so wanted my attention. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she really loved me was really difficult for me. Because <laughs> I don't like things that love me. <laughs> But,
0: <laughs>
1: but, but that's neither here nor there. The main challenge, well, there were two main challenges with the dog. Yeah. Number one, she was never really housebroken.
0: Not really fully, completely, no. And she, and I think, oh,
1: I think that she had had a very traumatic life before she came to live with me. Oh. Like, there was a lot of evidence that she had been really severely abused yes. in her life before she came to me. And I really think, like... If I'm really honest with myself, like, I don't think she was a great dog for me. Like, she would have been a great dog for someone who was more experienced with dogs. And this is the first dog I've ever owned, other than when I was, like, a kid and we had dogs as as a family. This was the first pet I'd ever owned as an adult. And so I think she would have been a really amazing dog for someone who knew a little bit more about how to to navigate dogs and how to, like, you know, whatever. Mm. But she was not ever really housebroken and that was really hard and 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 when I first got her I owned the home that I lived in and then I moved into a rental property and so that became more of an issue because you know if she was you know going to the bathroom in the house which which I fully recognized was a lot of her trauma and whatever yeah um and then the second part of it is again when I lived in a home I had a dog door I had a big backyard she could kind of Come and go, you know, kind of run around. And then I moved into a much smaller apartment where I don't have a yard. And she was a pretty, she's a big dog. And so I would, I would kennel her when I went to work because I didn't want her to go to the bathroom in the house because she wasn't great at not doing that. And then it just became very complicated because I would get off work, but then I had to go get the kids and then, but then we needed to get home to like let her out because I didn't want her to spend her whole day in the kennel. And yeah, anyway, yeah, it was a really, it became a really bad situation, both for me because I felt a lot of stress and anxiety about her and then also i think for her because she was not living like she didn't have a great life she was in this kennel most of the time yeah you know and i would try to walk her when i got home and whatever but also like i have three kids and we were busy and so sometimes i wouldn't walk her and you know and i just anyway it was it was rough i felt bad all the time because i felt like i wasn't taking care of her the way she needed to be taken care of yeah and so i just made the decision to find a new home for her yeah and it sucked And my kids were really mad at me. Yeah. And my kids still bring it up to this day.
0: Oh.
1: And, you know, and, like, pull up old photos of her and cry about missing her. And I feel like a piece of shit every time they do. (laughs) But I also, like, I really know in that moment, like, that was the right thing both for me and for her. Yeah. Because, you know, she hopefully is in a much better place now where she can... You know where she's got more space, and she's got someone that really knows how to like take care of her and connect with her. Um, because I just think, you know, here she was spending so much time
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a kennel, and it was kind of depressing. Right, and I felt bad. Yeah. Anyway, so, so I so, it was. It just it was just a reminder that sometimes as a parent, you have to make like a shitty decision that your kids yeah. are going to be mad about, but you have to do it anyway because you know that it's the right decision. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. That yeah. that does take some bravery. I agree. And it sucked. Yeah.
1: Anyway, do you have any thoughts on that?
0: No, I don't want to talk about it.
1: <laughs> Sister Twain loved that dog. I did. I did. She was a really, she was a really sweet, wonderful dog, and I hope that she has found happiness. In her new environment, in her new home.
0: Fida R. Snow. Oh, thought was Fida Arsno. Yeah, she wrote poetry about the saints. Did we, was she here when
1: we first started recording this podcast? Oh,
0: hell yeah.
1: <gasps> oh my God. Anyway, uh-huh. she's not here anymore. Godspeed, Fida go, R. Snow. Go
0: to break, go to break. Go to break. Please.
1: Remember when I was afraid this episode would be too, like, uplifting and hopeful?
0: <laughs> well, I think we're going to be
1: good. It's real fucking We're going to be good. <laughs> So what's your num? What's your uh, yeah numero today?
0: Oh, there you go, there you go. Italian. Um, I love it so much. You know, you're great for oh, the coffee. Thanks.
1: Anyway. You are too. Anyway.
0: Thanks for giving two years to the Lord. <laughs> well, um, I did
1: in Italy, where I didn't convert anyone except a Nigerian man who bore his testimony after we baptized him about how he had to flee and then he had to murder someone and then, <laughs> but now he was back in the world. This is a true story. We baptized him, he disappeared for two months, then he came back and bore his testimony about how someone was trying to kill him, and so he had to kill them. So that's the only person that I baptized on my mission in Italy. And then also later we found out he had multiple wives. <laughs> this is all true. How, how, how,
0: how, how? We were just talking to him and he said something about his stuff.
1: wives, and we were like, Your wives?
0: This is this? Like his wives, is, is this in
1: English, like we're not understanding. He's like, No, I have three wives. And we were like Cool. You're a baptized member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Anyway, then he murdered someone and then he disappeared again. So who knows? He's probably dead by now.
0: My numero. But at least
1: he went to heaven because we baptized him.
0: Oh, at least. My numero three is the two times I told my ex husband, Gary, uh-huh. that I wanted a divorce. Yes. The first time was at the five-year mark. The second time was at the eleven-year mark. Jesus, and I can't
1: believe he didn't take that out in the five-year mark.
0: What do you mean? We'll keep like,
1: talking, and then I'll.
0: Share. Um, and 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 to clarify, to to make sure everyone's clear, we didn't divorce till the thirteenth year.
1: Right. Right.
0: Uh So. I-
1: can I give a little background, yeah, yeah, just for people who might be new listeners. So, sure. you were married to a gay man, yes, and you knew he was gay from before you got married, yes. But because you were a Mormon, you felt like this was your burden to bear, and like it was going to be okay, and you could fix it. Oh, and yeah, blub, you could all work of the it. all yes. of the above. And and I also was a gay man,
0: <laughs> still am,
1: still am. Yeah, yeah. But I was married to a straight woman. Yes. So very similar circumstances. Very. So when I say like, I can't believe he didn't take that out.
0: What do you mean, take it out?
1: Like take like you said to him like, let's end this marriage, uh-huh, uh-huh. and he said no. Right. And that I mean, I don't know what I would have done if Tisha had said to me five years into our marriage like, we need to end this marriage. Uh-huh. But I feel like. <sighs> It's surprising to me that he didn't be he didn't think oh this is my chance to get out of this and oh. not even be the bad guy because you're the one that asked for the divorce right you know like it's just I mean again I don't know where his head was but it just yeah. seems like to say no to that like uh-huh. no we've got to stick this out right. surprises me
0: yeah I mean he he just that's how a super duper in the church he was right 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 and B how much he hated himself because right, it came out right. later that the biggest thing, even bigger than the church and and him being married to me and and having a nuclear family with the children and all that, was that he didn't feel that the gay community would be accepting of him oh. because he didn't feel attractive enough. Oh. Right? He he just kind of saw that. I know that. No, he really thought that way. But anyway, yeah. So so to be able to tell. I mean, my,
1: same, but. but
0: <laughs> But to be able to say that with small children, as a Mormon woman, Mm -hmm. to my husband, who's closeted, who did not like to talk about being gay. We did not like to talk about it.
1: Right. You didn't talk about, like, which celebrities you thought were hot?
0: Uh, Rarely. (laughs) I mean, rarely, because... He did not want to talk about it. When, right. you're, when you're trying to keep something closeted, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you do yeah. as much as you can to act like it's not there, even right. though we were both, it was always the elephant in the room. It was there, yeah. Elephant with a big old dick in the room. <laughs> um, so, uh, to be able to say that, I, I had to be really brave.
1: You just totally did. And and
0: And, and no, to
1: say it again a second time when he yeah, had already told you no once. Right.
0: And and the first time he did not act well. He did not react well at all. He 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 went through the many phases of, of, of grief. I guess the first one first one, both times was anger. And Jesus. so um at the five years I knew him well enough. Before the first time I said it at the five-year mark, I knew him well enough to know that the that, that anger would be his first like um, line of, of defense or wh- however you want to say it. But, yeah. um, but to just like, just to say you want a divorce mm-hmm. as a Mormon woman and someone with small children, even if you think your husband might take it well, yeah, is really scary.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, but anyway, we didn't get divorced either of those times. That's all I really have to say. I
1: just want to say one tiny thing about this, and then I'll share my numero three. Are okay. we on three?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So, Mormons, if you're listening. Comos, currentmos, kermos, uh. if you're listening. This is a religion. Like, imagine how awful that would be to be in a marriage where neither partner is sexually attracted to the other one where one partner is asking for a divorce multiple times mm-hmm. and the other partner is responding with anger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like imagine living in that marriage and doing it because the church told you to.
0: Mm.
1: And I don't, I mean the church probably maybe didn't explicitly say to Gary, your ex-husband, you should marry a woman. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe Cause they a did. lot of gay men did have, have had that oh, experience. Yeah. But like a, as gay men, many of us were, Socialized to believe that our way out was to get married it was your only recourse with no thought or um worry for the woman who we were dragging into that lie
0: yeah
1: but like that's what the church teaches people to do yeah is to enter these horrible shitty awful marriages
0: yeah
1: where there is like Intense damage and harm done to all parties involved: uh-huh. children, spouses, fa- extended family and, members. And
0: zero chance in hell for fulfillment of right. either partner. Yeah,
1: exactly. Anyway, anyway cheers. Okay. Uh, enjoy. Go ahead and get your tithing check written and send it out on its way. Okay, so my number three, Jesus, I keep forgetting what they are because I keep changing them. Okay, there's not a lot to say about this one. Oh. I really, I really. I need to do some processing about how I don't think coming out was brave, but literally all my stories involve some part of my coming out process as yeah. times I felt brave. Right. Anyway, I felt brave okay. the first time I sucked a dick.
0: <gasps> Yay! I love this one! Okay, 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 go ahead. I have a question. Should I ask it first? or? Sure, ask okay. it. Did you love it? Yes. Once you got it in your mouth, were you like, this is amazing.
1: I mean, yes. Okay. With a, with, with conditions. A question
0: mark? I'll yes. Explain. Well, I mean, it's kind
1: of weird the first time you do it.
0: Oh, sure. It's
1: like big and it's hard and you're like not sure where to put your Dicks mouth. Dicks so weird at first it, in the best way. And it's like gagging you. Uh-huh. And, and like, anyway, so it's complicated. You're
0: saying all kinds of magical things.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I have alluded in the past... But the the first person that I ever like kissed or had any like sexual experiences with uh-huh. was not a healthy relationship. It was a rather fucked-up relationship. Oh. Um, Have you ever but told whatever. me about this? Maybe. We'll talk oh. about it offline. Okay. I'll give you the brief version of it. Anyway, so it was the sky, and we had gone out a couple times. Had we got maybe this was the maybe this was like the second time we'd gone out. But at this point we had already kissed and we had like held hands and kind of cuddled and all that stuff. And then I remember we were, I think I had driven him back to his car. And so we were in my car and we were like kind of making out and whatever. Were you
0: so nervous?
1: I mean, I don't, I mean, yeah, but I don't remember. Yeah, but I don't remember being like crazy nervous. Okay, okay. But we were just making out and it was great. And then I just was like, I'm going to put that thing in my mouth. Wait, did he,
0: did he have it out? Or I, did you have your hand down his pants? Or? Probably, yeah. Okay,
1: okay. I don't I don't remember specifically. I don't think it was out. I think I probably was, like, rubbing it as over his clothes or okay. putting my hand out of his pants. And then I was just like, I'm just going to undo his pants and put that in my <gasps> mouth. And it just felt very brave.
0: So Mary Tyler Moore of Isn't you. it? <laughs> Nothing's going to stop
1: me now. Was that the Mary Tyler Moore theme song? Sure, sure. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't have a lot of, like, specifics to say about it, but, like, it just was, like, I mean, when you grow up your whole life thinking that, like, you can never do any of that, and you can never touch a man that way, and you can never think about it, and then one day to just be like, I'm just gonna put it in my mouth... It just felt kind of courageous.
0: Good for it's you. Kind of great. You anyway. got through the bullshit in your head. I did, and you did, which the, is shocking. You Isn't
1: did that shocking? It's yes, shocking. Yes, I can't believe I did it. But and that I just want to say that's not the only time I've done it. I've done it many times since then. Right, right, right. But I just I the made first it, time. I was making it sound like that was the only time that had happened. But no, it was just the first time <laughs> was with like a shitty person time. who treated me like Aww. shit. Whatever, it's fine.
0: Anyway, what I'm other sure other it's was- had
1: no impact on my psyche at all.
0: Let's take a break. <laughs>
1: Siamo tornati. Excuse me? That means we're back in Italian.
0: Oh, I thought it was meant like dick in my mouth.
1: <laughs> that would be cazzo nella mia bocca. Cazzo? Cazzo, that means dick.
0: Is that like, like slang? Yeah, I think so. Oh,
1: I don't. Maybe I mean I don't know. I learned Italian on my mission as Cazzo an LDS missionary. Cazzo, della mia, nella mia, nella mia, which means in my.
0: Cazzo, nella mia bocca, bocca.
1: When I was in college, I have a friend, and we taught him in Italian to say "sono bendotato come un elefante," that which means, means
0: bend over and get my no. elephant dick. It means
1: no. oh, close. It means okay. I'm hung like an elephant. Oh. And here's the funny thing. Okay, what? He is hung like a.:
0: <gasps> Who is it? So do I know him?
1: A, yeah, you do. It, we talked about is him it? the other night. What? We'll talk about it <laughs> offline.
0: <laughs> is it our gentle listener friend named Gary that we like to call Bruce? No. Anyways, okay.
1: No, I know nothing about how dotato he is. A
0: dotato he is. Okay, number so four. So
1: numero cuatro?
0: Numero, uh, numero quatre for me, for <laughs> moi, is after my divorce. Okay. When I had only had sex with the gay. Okay. I had only had gay dick up in me.
1: Right. Gary's gay dick.
0: Yeah. This um, is the
1: name of my one-man play. <laughs> premiering at the Edinburgh Fringe this year, Gary's gay dick. Anyway.
0: um, uh, I flew out to New York City. Mm-hmm. To live one of my dreams, which was...
1: Have straight dick up in you? To...
0: Reunite with the man who I thought was the one who got away. Okay. Uh, And have sex with him. But I also thought I was in love with him, and I thought he was going to be, like, my person.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So he was... Flashbacks to my story from last (laughs) time, where I was like, this is the guy. We're going to save each other. We didn't save each other. Oh, dear God. I'm
0: sorry. It's fine. It's fine. So, yeah. uh, But the bravery part was me getting on a plane and going to New York City, knowing I'm going to have sex, like, like something that I consider to be something like, like the real, Sacred. the real thing. Yes. The real thing. A
1: gift that Jesus has given unto us. And
0: here, look, people like it was the sex part was the real thing. Cause I was with a straight man who desired my body. That right. was not in right. question when we were fucking. Right. And, uh, uh, but just going out there, and I remember how fucking nervous I was all day. Once I got into the city, I had this weird, irrational, like fear that just being in the city, I was just going to bump into him. Like before we were supposed to meet up <laughs> in New York, right? So I'm like on the lookout. Is he there? Is he there? Is he right. there? Is he here? You know, which is dumb. And then we end up meeting at his place that night, and I, you know, I take a, I take a taxi,
1: right. Because it's New York.
0: Oh, my God. You're an
1: urban gal. I get
0: on a taxi with my overnight bag. Because I'm going to stay with him for like four or five days. And and go into his building. Mm-hmm. I was nervous just to ring the goddamn buzzer. Mm-hmm. Get on the elevator. And I am like thinking, I'm I'm shaking. I'm shaking. Right. How can I stop shaking before I see him? Right. And then get off the elevator. And I thought... All of my organs were just going <laughs> to fall out of my vagina cuz there's a hole there.
1: Is and that and they're all connected to that. It's just open. There's just open space. And that and that vagina is just a hole. Yeah. Like anything could slide it gonna out. It's just going to come on out. It's like carrying around a plastic bag with a hole in the bottom. <laughs> Womanhood and is so, like carrying a plastic bag around with a hole in the bottom.
0: And so and then I get off the elevator, and I'm like, "There's like maybe two or three doors on that floor. It was a mm-hmm. tiny building or whatever it was." Uh, and I'm like, "Okay, uh, where is he?" And then I hear one of the doors open, and he walks out, and I'm like, oh "Was my he God. hot? Is he hot?" Oh, he's beautiful. Oh,
1: okay. Does beautiful. he have a nicer body than Gary?
0: My ex-husband.
1: Yeah. Or have you blocked out Gary's body? I, I know you've blocked out Gary's dick.
0: I, I've blocked out anything that has to do with him.
1: Sister Twain does not remember what Gary's dick looks I, like. I don't. She I don't. doesn't. So.
0: Nothing okay. about it. Okay. I really, honestly, truly, honestly, honestly. I mean, honestly. I
1: can envision it in my mind's eye. <laughs>
0: it's
1: got like some salt and pepper pubes. Because <laughs> Gary has that kind of salt and pepper hair. He's
0: 40 fucking eight years old.
1: I know. We're fucking old.
0: I know. Anyways, so. But like. It just even the days leading up to it. So I scheduled an appointment to have my legs waxed. <laughs>
1: It's so oh, and cute. my vagina. It's so cute. And my armpits. It's so cute because you're such a whore now. It's so cute that you were so know, nervous about it. I was and I so mean nervous. I mean that you're whore in a really loving way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll show my tits at a party.
1: Right. I just mean like you're so confident now. Yeah. And so like comfortable in your own skin.
0: Yeah, I really and it's am. It's
1: really kind of endearing and adorable that you were so anxious and stressed out about
0: oh, it. Oh, oh, so stressed out. And then and then my my wax my leg wax job, like it missed just a the couple just a couple tiny spots And I freaked out So the night Before my flight To New York I got Nair
1: Oh Jesus And this
0: was the same day I got waxed And I just broke out Into hives Of course you did did. Oh of course you did And uh, I'm like Well Fuck Uh, I'm nervous about Like Should my bra And underwear Should be matching Will he be judgy If they're not Should they be I don't think They give a shit Okay Yeah Um And then just just so But I get
1: that. Like if I know I'm gonna be getting naked with someone, I wanna make sure I have like cute underwear on. Or underwear that doesn't have, like, a big hole in the leg or, you know. Right. Yeah, I I get mean, i just
0: like, can I wear, like, a uh, like a, a gray bra and blue undies? Like, I didn't know. Should I get something fancy? And then I'm like, but then he'll think I'm acting like it's our honeymoon or something. Right. You know, I don't know what the fuck. So many, like, I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew, I was getting on a plane, going to New York. And then, so, anyway, so we get in, you know... I get off the elevator, like I said, and there he is. And I am just so nervous that I, I I don't even know if, if uh, I don't even know uh, what kind of state I was in. We chat for a minute and then we go to dinner. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Did you know,
1: like, did he know that you were coming there with the intent of having sex?
0: Yeah. Okay. Like you had talked about that. But he, but he, but. He also knew I was in love with him. Yeah,
1: but you, that, yeah, this was something that you had some history with, so yeah. it wasn't, okay, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And so, um, and he also knew I'd only had sex with my gay right. husband. Gang. Right, And so we go to dinner, and then we get back, and I'm like, okay, so, and I'm thinking in my head, so we're back, and we've got to go to sleep. He works in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting ready for bed, and when I get into bed, we're going to definitely have sex.
1: You, like, pa- Like the, you paused on a word, and I thought you were saying... You were gonna say we prayed.
0: <laughs> we have to include the Lord. Right.
1: You need to pray before um, and after so, and sing a hymn, How <laughs> Firm a Foundation.
0: Um, and so I just remember like being in the bathroom, brushing my teeth, doing whatever brushing your my couch. my night routine, whatever, right. and just thinking I am in uncharted territory. Right. And really being like almost outside of myself, watching myself. And then just like, Ashley, when you go out of the bathroom, just put one foot in front of the other
1: <laughs> towards
0: the bed. Yeah, it was it was uh, pretty crazy.
1: How brave. Good job. Thank you. And then you had some hot sex. Was it hot? Was it good?
0: <sighs> you know, the bitchy part of me wants to say, and it's true, it was fine. Right. At the time, it was the most amazing experience. Right, 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 right. The right. most amazing experience. Right. But now I look back and I go, it was just fine. Okay, good. It was good. fine. Good.
1: So my number four.
0: How do you say in Italian?
1: Numero quattro. Great. I want to. Sh- it's a fun, lighthearted story because at number five, I'm really going to drag everyone down to the depths of my misery. So number four.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Again, shortly after I'd come out of the closet.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, I was with my younger brother and sister and we were in downtown Provo, which is a city in Utah where <laughs> the Mormons live. <laughs> I don't remember what we were doing. Maybe we'd gone to dinner or something, but we were just walking around like kind of popping into little shops in sort of the downtown area. Yeah. And I went into a shop. We went into a shop that was like a clothing and like accessory and whatever. And there was this pair of... They're kind of like long johns, but they're like, they have this weird pattern on them. And they're these fitted kind of leggings kind of things like pajama bottoms kind of, but really tight, like not like straight guy, old navy plaid pajama bottoms, like a tight kind of legging. Anyway, I thought they were really cool looking. I went and tried them on in the fitting room. And I really liked them. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I thought, well, can I buy these? Do they look too gay? And then there was this moment where I said, oh, I don't fucking care if they look too gay. Because I'm gay. I'm out of the closet. And so I bought them. And I still wear them. And I still have them. And I still love them. And I'm sure it kind of traumatizes my children when I wear them. Because they're very unattractive. (laughs)
0: I think that that really speaks to something because you are afraid of looking too gay in your own home.
1: Oh, completely. Complete. I mean, like, here's the thing. I, I mean, I've talked about this before. Like, I was conscious of the music that I listened to. Yeah. I was conscious of the clothing that I wore. Uh-huh. I mean, I was just conscious of every... Every decision, every thought, every word that I said yeah. went through 17 filters in my brain uh-huh. before they exited, before they were visible to the world. Because I just needed to do everything I could to protect, to prevent people from figuring out that I was gay. Because that would be the literal worst thing that could happen right. if people figured out that I was gay. Yeah. And then I just bought some real faggy pajamas and I didn't care. And it was great. I love, I'm going to wear those pajamas tonight. I love those pajamas. After
0: 37 years of being oh, so blah. worried.
1: Isn't that a cute fun so story? So
0: worried. That is a cute story. Number
1: five is going to get real depressing.
0: Okay, I can't wait.
1: Let's take a break.
0: Okay. We're back. So, Brother Coffee told me that uh, during the break just now... Um. That uh, his number five is going to be really depressing, but so is mine. Oh, good. So We're, this so is going to be good. great. That's perfect.
1: We're, and All on right. a real depressing note. So
0: um, my dad was the kind of dad who spanked. Right. And um, and among other things, <laughs> he was ragey. Right. Sometimes he, we would get hit. Right. Sometimes he would swear. Right. And yell and scream. It was the it was the ragey screaming that was the worst of all. Right. By far. Uh anyway. Uh when so I'm the oldest of all my siblings, oldest of three.
1: Right. You, Vulva, and forearms.
0: Uh, Yes, my brother with the amazing forearms. He has great forearms, you guys. Uh, (laughs) Um he lives in Bend, Oregon. Um so Bend, Oregon. (laughs) Uh so when I was probably three or four, and Sister Volva was, uh, maybe no, no, I must have been like five, and Sister Volva like two. Okay, right. so there's a three year difference. There. And she still slept in a crib. Mm-hmm. I think this was before the toddler bed trend. Right. Sure. Um, and I just. Got so bored sometimes that I just had to play in her crib just because it was like a change of scenery. Right. So I'd just get in her crib and pretend I was in jail or whatever, right, right. you know. Well, I had done that once, and it made the crib bottom out. Oh, okay. Um, It was a wooden crib. Right. Because we grew up in the 1800s, right. apparently. <laughs> we
1: were so concerned about safety back then <laughs> that, like, extra weight in the crib would cause the crib to collapse. <laughs>
0: And so I was told, "Don't you ever do that again," you know. Right. Well, I did it again, <laughs> and it bottomed out. Mm-hmm. And when with little
1: sister Tuyo year old in it. No. Oh, okay. She was
0: playing somewhere else. Oh, she was in the house. Okay. Yeah.
1: I thought she was like sleeping. <laughs> and then oh you're
0: no no like... <laughs> no uh, okay. no no. I wouldn't get in with her, um, and then uh, it bottomed out, and I. Uh, just kind of waited for someone to find out. Right. My, when, when my dad found out, my mom wasn't at home. I don't think. Um, and so when he found out and asked how it happened, I blamed it on Sister Bulba.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Sister Bulba.
0: And even though it was her crib. Right. He still, like, spanked her. Oh. A lot. Fuck. Because that's how... He was. He was yeah. ragey and abusive. Right. She was only two. Oh. She was the sweetest thing. Uh, and I felt so bad.
1: That's so awful.
0: That I confessed mm-hmm. that I lied and it was really me. hmm And I knew. It, I, I felt so bad that I had to say it, but I knew that my dad was going to be very angry with me and spank right, me, and he right, did. Right. Yeah. So that's it. I was brave. I was brave. Jesus. You <laughs> I'm so
1: sorry that that happened to you. Oh,
0: many things like that
1: happen. I to know, me. but I'm so sorry, and that's terrible that you had to go through. I'm those. well seasoned. But you have been an amazing, loving daughter to your dad in his sickness
0: in his alzheimer's yeah Yeah. and we haven't even scratched the surface on that no yeah
1: and you didn't have to be i didn't no and you really like took him in Mm -hmm. there was a period and we haven't talked about this a lot on the podcast where he was living with you
0: no living near you very near you were
1: spending a lot of time with him
0: um morning till night yeah yeah
1: and you could have been like fuck you dumb asshole I really could have yeah so I'm sorry that happened to you
0: and been totally justified in that yeah completely yeah anyway
1: god let's really end it I mean (laughs) now mine seems like real bitchy and stupid because yours is real depressing
0: that'll be better to end on go so
1: my number five there's two stories the bravery was this was when I was newly gay newly out of the closet and I really wanted to have a group of gay friends. A gaggle? A gaggle, as yeah. it were. A gaggle of gays. And so I was really trying. And I think at the time, I this was not my first therapist that I went to, but I went to a second therapist. And she was very much like she was very proactive and very kind of challenge oriented. Like she would be like, okay, this month I want you to do this thing. That's hard for you. You know, like she would sort of issue these challenges to me to like, I remember one month she told me to go on 10 dates in the month of September. Oh wow. Because she was like, you just need to get over your fear of dating and what will help you is just going on a lot of dates. Anyway, it ended horribly, but that's not, that's a story for another day. Yeah. So the, the courageous thing was me, was two instances where I put myself out there and really tried to, like, expand my circle of friends. And then I'll tell how it blew up in my face.
0: <laughs> Shit.
1: <laughs> so, one of them. So, in the gay community, we love RuPaul's Drag Race. I No, seriously. What the fuck are my children doing upstairs? Yeah, I don't know. It's like midnight and they're like loud i'm like are they yelling are they watching tv anyway so in the gay community we watch we love rupaul's drag race yeah and they're often like gay bars that host like viewing nights or whatever yeah and there was a new season coming out and i had watched a couple seasons at a bar but like it you know i have a weird job that has weird hours and so it was it wasn't always easy for me to get to you know whatever anyway So I um, decided one season of RuPaul's Drag Race that I was going to host a viewing party at my house. And I, like, had to, like, pay extra money on my, like, cable account to get the right channel. And, like, and I invited, like, every gay that I knew, which was not a lot, but I just thought I'm going to host this party. So I invited all these people from just, like, different social groups and whatever didn't necessarily know each other I invited straight friends like just a ton of people and like the first one was like super fun and like lots of people and we watched the show and there were some people that had never watched before and some people that were seasoned veterans that like knew all the catchphrases and whatever anyway (laughs) so I was like yeah this is it I'm putting myself out there I'm gonna meet some new friends I'm gonna meet some people so
0: proud of you did you come
1: to one of those I don't remember yeah
0: and I think you had me come over uh before you got home once because you were running late from work and i and i had oh, to mix i had to mix the sangria. Oh
1: yeah, i would always have like a big spread, yeah. and like snacks and drinks and blah blah blah. Anyway.
0: Yeah, anyway.
1: And then by like the fourth episode no one showed up. Oh, <laughs> so then that ended. Yeah. So, um, but i was brave. I invited people yes over. Oh, yes, you were brave. So, and then the other story that comes to mind, there um i don't even like this story still seems like it didn't actually happen, but there were there again, this was me trying to be socialized, reaching out to people. And there were some gays in the community who were sort of like, not celebrities, but kind of like famous in the gay community. They had like a pretty big Instagram following, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They invited me to a birthday party for one of them at their house. They were like, Hey, we're having this party, a bunch of people over. You should totally come. I was like, great. And I was like, I'm going to go. And like, I'm going to like meet a bunch of people. And, So I went to the party and I was like, and it was just kind of in their backyard and there was just like a million gays there. And I was like trying to talk to people and, and just like put myself out there. And there was like, I really didn't know anybody at the party except Mm -hmm. I kind of knew them. And I knew one other guy at the party. Mm -hmm. So I was mostly talking to him and, and they were just sort of buzzing around talking to everybody because, you know, they were the ones hosting the party. And I like really put myself out there and was Mm -hmm. trying to like chat with people and whatever. And then like, About an hour and a half into the party, I started, like, having a panic attack. Did you? (laughs) I really did. Okay. And I was like, I can't stay here because I'm going to, like, lose my shit. Mm -hmm. And so I just went – and they also – this couple also had kids. And so I went to them and I said, hey, I've got to go. Like, I need to go deal with some stuff with my kids. And so they were very kind and very understanding and were like, oh, my gosh, thanks so much for coming. We totally get it. Like, no big deal. So I left – and then I totally had, like, a meltdown, breakdown in my car. Like, total panic attack. <gasps> uh, like, I was crying and I was freaking out. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so it, it takes... that was a time that I was brave. But, but, and then I had a panic attack.
0: But but bravery doesn't always no, I know. end in a hero story. No,
1: of course not. And that's why I chose that story. I mean, not because I wanted to end on a depressing note. But, like, but yeah, sometimes you're brave and it still doesn't work out. Yeah. You know?
0: And you still do you do I maybe did you then and and do you now see the value and the bravery of them that that time? Oh no, not at all. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine no, too. No,
1: I really do. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I mean, because of course I always assume the worst, and so I feel like me going to that party and then leaving early was more like detrimental to my whatever my social life or my social standing or whatever then had i just not gone at all oh
0: interesting yeah
1: so anyway that's a whole other psychological mess so here's the thing (laughs) (laughs) listen (laughs) so well i don't even know what i i don't even know what my wrap-up is for this but basically like it was it was sort of hard to like think of these stories because like there was a time where i was like really trying to meet new people and really trying to put myself out there and really trying to like make friends and I thought no I'm gonna find like my people and blah 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 and I have a lot of really great friends like I have you and I I mean I have many great friends yeah you do but I do I do not have any gay friends like basically none interesting I mean I have some that I like work with that are like acquaintances and whatever and like that I'm friendly with but like I don't have any gay friends that I hang out with like out you know that I like go to a movie with or go to a bar with or whatever is
0: that something that disappoints you oh completely okay
1: it's like yeah it's a yeah it's a big issue all
0: right anyway next 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 week
1: <laughs> next next week on Hot
0: Drinks.
1: <laughs> so anyway there was a time where i felt like really social and i was like i'm gonna try this and now i've basically just given up and i'm like i'm just gonna die alone and never have friends
0: because that's what that means and
1: i came out of the closet for no reason <laughs>
0: You should go back in I,
1: I mean, I've thought about it Well, and
0: go back to Mormon I mean,
1: and my mom thinks I'd be happier if I was a Mormon again So that's something to consider Well Well, anyway Let's take a break Okay Light the world We're upbeat
0: We're upbeat We're gonna end up on That was on a, fun On an upbeat note
1: You know what I feel like was a missed opportunity on this episode? What? I'm a dad Okay And there was totally an opportunity to say, one time that I was brave was when my mother turned into a bear and I had to save her using my archery skills and my long red kinky hair. But that's the plot of the movie Brave by Pixar. Like I totally could have made that joke.
0: Because I'm a dad. It's what we do. You make dad jokes?
1: Yeah, but I missed that opportunity.
0: Oh, I didn't even get it.
1: We have dad bods. Have you not seen the movie Brave by Pixar? I
0: never saw it.
1: It had nudity in it. Really? Yeah, it showed butts. Animated Pixar butts,
0: dude, dudes. Yes, oh, dudes? of hairy Irishman, Scottish,
1: hairy Scottish <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Cindy. <laughs> anyway, I just felt like that was a missed opportunity. Instead, I told some depressing stories about times I was brave and then hated myself. The for one,
0: it. the one missed opportunity I thought of was uh-huh. how we didn't reference the band The Bravery, which is. Which was one of the bands that got me through some of my depression while I was married. Oh, I don't know that band. Mm, But I
1: do know Pixar's Brave. (laughs) You do. Different strokes for different folks. Different folks.
0: folks. And that rules the world.
1: (sighs) Was that the theme song to Different Strokes?
0: Different strokes to rule the world. Yes, it it does. Different strokes to rule the world.
1: Hey, it turns out sometimes we were brave. And sometimes even being brave was depressing.
0: The world don't move to the beat of just one oh, yeah. drum. down, 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 I
1: just went in the background. Anyway. So that's it. Those are five times that's we were it. brave.
0: And, and you know what? It didn't always turn out no. like a Hollywood movie.
1: Are you guys depressed now?
0: But we bit the bullet. We did. As it were. Speaking and, of bullets. Yes. You put them in your butt. What? Or your vagina? What? Bullets? Yeah, that's a sex toy. Oh, okay. Why? What were you gonna say?
1: Well, there's a girl I work with that told me a funny story today. <laughs> that in her family, for Christmas, all the girl co- all the boy cousins, get a box of bullets. Stop. And all the girl cousins get a box of chocolates. <laughs> and I thought it was kill me. The funniest thing I ever heard. Anyway,
0: now kill me now.
1: So we bit the bullet. We a- did brave things,
0: and we did brave things, and it no, and and. What is it? Outcome be damned. Outcome be damned.
1: And you know what I've learned from all of this? Tell me. I don't want to do brave things anymore.
0: I thought you were going to say not a goddamn thing. But, no. but I think both apply. I
1: mean, both apply. Yeah. What I've really learned from this is that it's easier to stay <laughs> safe and not take risks
0: and, become and not have to
1: be brave. An alcoholic and become a recluse alcoholic <laughs> like Little Edie. Um. I mean, that's the real tea. I've said this, I said this to a friend tonight. The re- uh, we all love to joke about why I don't go to therapy, but the real reason when we get really down to it, the real reason I go- don't go to therapy is because I'm, I don't want to like, that pain is like too scary. you To dig into. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, not yeah. brave. No, not at all. Yeah, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Well, I, I would rather feel like a little bit of pain every day than like <laughs> dig into the really intense pain and then possibly live a happy and fulfilling life. It's just easier to just feel this little bit of self-loathing and, hay- and pain every day.
0: Your honesty is so refreshing. And honestly, I think it's why this works.
1: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's midnight and one of my kids is texting me to see if they can have more time on their cell phone. And I'm going to text them back and say no more. You
0: piece of shit. It's midnight. Yeah, anyway.
1: Anyway. Uh, what do you have to say to wrap up?
0: Uh, nothing. I want to go home. I've already put my shoes on.
1: Okay. I- <laughs> okay, great. So just a couple things. To wrap up, Uh, you can always reach us at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com.
0: Oh, that, yeah.
1: You can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash hotdrinks. Uh You can follow us on Instagram at hotdrinks. And if you go to Instagram, we have a special feature that we like to feature each week called Things I Found in Brother Coffee's House. Yeah,
0: and it's always posted by Sister Twaint.
1: It's about some weird thing that she found in my house.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it's something uh, that has a practical use like your ball cream.
1: Oh, yeah. And then sometimes it's one
0: of your decor items.
1: So what are you going to post tonight?
0: Probably the two male reindeer um, on your TV stand. The gay
1: Christmas couple? Yeah. One's a reindeer, one's a fox, FYI.
0: Oh, sorry. I'm going to have them uh, uh, put them in a compromising position. But, like, then...
1: Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> Sister Twain kept trying to put them in a compromising position <laughs> yesterday. And I was like, you're going to break them. Leave them alone. I know. But I bought a little set of woodland creatures. And mm-hmm. there's a little couple, a deer couple that's yeah. supposed to go together. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, this deer is fucking that fox who's also a boy. Yeah. And the deer lady is over on the other side of the TV.
0: By herself with her kids. She has it's some a birds. It's the story They're birds. life.
1: They're birds. They're birds. They're like her cats. Mm, else? It's a deer lady with some cats. And then the deer man and the fox man that are fucking...
0: Yeah. And anyway, they're, Merry they're Christmas. they look way better than she is, but they that look makes great. sense. Yeah,
1: that's true. They yeah. took all the money.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right, good night. That's all. Happy holidays. Happy
1: holidays. <laughs>